Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome back to another week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's um, the water temp's getting a little cooler out there in the ocean. It's never stopped you before. It's not stopping me from surfing. It's going to make me put on a wetsuit, but it reminded me. That it's going to be open enrollment season. Yes. For our you clients have and the listeners. Transitions. Soon. Thanks. Yeah. On the topic of water temperature, how about open enrollment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> open enrollment. Woo. Um, cool. So open enrollment sounds not super exciting and fun. It doesn't, does it? But super important and impactful if done correctly. There is money in that document if you're willing to take the time to look at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously this depends upon where you work. Yeah. You know, if it's a big company or a small company or self-employed, like this could be drastically different. But a lot of people have some really incredible benefits that sometimes they just don't even know about or don't fully recognize. So Absolutely. We aren't going to spend a ton of time on each individual benefit because these are all things that we have spent entire episodes on before. Mm-hmm. As much as let's give a broad overview of what people should be looking for, some brief commentary or maybe some things to to look for in that. And hopefully that helps as open enrollment is coming around and people are making some of these elections for the next year and beyond. Yeah. So with that uh, idea in mind, we're going to look at four main sections, um, all of your insurances that you probably want to pay attention to if, if they exist with your employer, the investment options that you're going to have with your employer, and then um, a few things that we hope you have because uh, they could be helpful to you if you do. Yeah. Let's start with health insurance. Obviously, that's a big one. Everyone needs health insurance. Where do we start when looking at that? Is it just I've got a plan? Go kind of choose one at random. What do I? Yeah. What do I look for with that? Choose one at random. You'll be fine. Perfect. Um, Next. Yeah. You know. Well, to me, it's health insurance is just um, trying to look through these plans. Just feels so messy and complicated. Mm -hmm. First, Mm -hmm. I just want to acknowledge that. Um, I would start with, if it was me looking through this, I would start with like, do I need to make a change to my health insurance in the coming year? Yep. So things I would think about would be things like, what is, what's the premium that I'm paying for? Like if I maybe have a PPO plan, like the higher premium plan versus having a high deductible plan with an HSA account. Yeah. Um, and what I'd be thinking about would be like, do I know that my family's going to need more healthcare in the next year? Yep. If I know it, I might want to choose to go with a PPO plan versus an HSA plan, or just how do I feel about cash flow leaving my hands? Yep. Does that make sense? It does, because obviously the first thing with health insurance is you want well, you want to make sure that your doctors are covered or the network is cut. You know, yes. that, that stuff on the kind of the non-financial side obviously is important. But on yeah. the financial side, you're gonna look at different options and it's gonna say this one is this premium, this one is this premium, this one is this premium, and essentially just saying how much do you owe each month to to have that coverage. Yeah. Um, but it's not just a premium you want to look at. You mm-hmm. want to look at what's going to be the all-in cost of that. 
Because if you look at the document for any of these policies, there's going to be a monthly premium, which is how much you pay. Then there's things like what's the cost of doctor visits? What's the co-insurance? What about prescriptions? And everything's a little different. So yeah. it's a little bit of a game of like you're saying, Scott, do I think I'll use the doctor quite a bit this year mm-hmm. because I've got some procedures coming up or some various things coming up? Or obviously you never really know, but maybe I'm healthy, nothing anticipated. Um, do I want something that's going to maybe be more cost effective if I don't use the doctor? Exactly. Compare those two. Yeah. And so like if, if you had to put things off because of COVID, um, maybe you had some elective surgeries you had to put off. And you don't have to rush to get back in to do them. Maybe you're going to wait until next year. Well, maybe you want to see like, is what's the optimal health plan for me to have to have the least amount out of pocket for me compared to what my employer can help me with? Yep. That's worth looking at. Um, and if you feel like everyone is happy and healthy and everyone's doing great, maybe we want to use the HSA plan um, with a lesser premium. And we're still putting in that money into the HSA account. We've talked about that before, the triple tax savings that you get from that. Yep. Another another thing to look at, but you got to weigh your own costs and make your own choice. Y- yes. And the health savings account, that only comes if you have a high deductible health plan, yeah. which means if something does happen, you're going to be out of pocket a whole lot more before insurance kicks in. But to offset that, you can contribute to an HSA, a health savings account, uh, which for 2021, you can contribute up to 3600 per year max as an individual or 7200 per year if you're married. There is a catch-up contribution of $1,000 if you're 55 or older. The thing to keep in mind with this is that's a total contribution. Yeah. So unlike a 401k where you can do a certain amount and then to get a match on top of that. From your employer. From yeah. your employer. These are total contributions, including any potential employer contribution. Because yeah, we're seeing more and more that like employers will make a contribution to an HSA plan if you choose to participate in it. Yeah, they want to. Max number is $7,200 for a family. Exactly. Employer included. Employer included. Now, uh, I, w- I want to give a little tiny, tiny little side note that an HSA is different than an FSA, which is a flexible spending account. The flexible spending accounts, like the old version before we had the HSA and Obamacare and everything was kind of the, if you don't use it, you lose it was kind of what people would say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have that one of those offered if you want a PPO plan as well. So you might be able to contribute to that. That was normally, I don't know the number off the top of my head in front of me. It's normally around like 2,500 bucks a year or something. The FSA. Yeah. Yeah. And they doubled that this year with um, just as part of. What act was? I forget what it was, but that's temporarily Thank doubled. Thank you for doubling that. Which we're talking about next year in open enrollment, so maybe that doesn't. It super may have gone back for this, but yeah, we'll double double check. It'll be <laughs> in the plan document that you have. You'll yes. see the amount that you're allowed to do. So just know that you, you can have that. Yes. Yeah. Um. Cool. So that's health insurance. What other insurances could be covered in open enrollment that we should be thinking? Yeah, about? the ones we'll normally see would be like life insurance, which you know it's um you know, they'll offer usually some number times your salary and you can go elect to, to roll into the plan if you'd like. Um, that'll normally be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's one that's a good to have, but probably not going to be well, a couple of things, probably not sufficient for all of your life insurance needs, at least for most people, mm-hmm. just because the, the insurance amount that you're going to get through work is usually some multiple of your salary. Yep. So if your salary is a hundred grand and maybe they pay two times coverage for life insurance, 200,000 would be your death benefit. Right. For some people, that's enough. For a lot of people, especially if you're in your mid earnings years and have a family and have a mortgage and maybe sole breadwinner, probably not going to be nearly enough. Absolutely. So, not bad to have, but make sure that you are probably also having a personal policy that is with you 
wherever. Yeah. If you're with this company, if you're not with this company, um, and just kind of treat work as like a supplemental additional benefit. And if you listened to our episodes previously and you did decide to get term life insurance and you have it now, you might want to choose to decrease the life insurance that you're getting here. Right. Yeah. If you were had it before, but now you don't necessarily need it as much because yep. you're now you're perfectly covered outside of your employer. Something to look at there. Absolutely. Um, yes. So life insurance, good to have, but it's probably not going to be the only thing you should have, at least for most people. Uh, what about other insurance options? Like there's AD&D, which is accidental death and dismemberment. It's kind of an, always an odd one to me. I'm like, it's an yeah, odd one. And just really? who decided people need more insurance? Than something is like an accidental death as opposed to like, isn't death kind of always an accident? It's I'm never sure really- there's some plan consultant who could come in and tell us why this thing exists. It's probably because we used to be a more industrialized society. Now most of us are in the service jobs. Um, yeah. Also keep in mind, there's just a lot of money in insurance. And so if people can invent new coverages, I'm not saying that's what the case here, <laughs> yeah. but you will see insurance options on everything. And I think Scott and I's opinion is for the most part, w- this is one of those benefits that for clients at least will say, you know what, go ahead and forgo that. Yeah. Um, of course, review it, see if it makes sense. But um, disability, short-term and long-term would probably be another one. Yes. Um, so if you get hurt and can't work, that's the Aflac thing right affleck short term right he's got to be short term because he's all about paying my bills this is about throwing all that stuff yeah stacks dollars at people mm-hmm. and they're in their casts yeah so uh long-term disability is the type of disability where if you are permanently injured yeah and there's all different kinds of definitions of what disabled means but you will receive a benefit if you cannot work until your social security full retirement age or age 65 mm-hmm. call it so if you're 35 and something really bad happens and you can't work for your family in many cases that that could actually be a whole lot more risky than a, a death would be mm-hmm. as tragic as that sounds with mm-hmm. a long-term disability there's your lost income there's not a death benefit there's a lot of expenses that need to be paid yeah. so that's probably one of the most important insurances more so than short-term in my opinion i think yeah. short-term if you have a lot uh, a good enough emergency fund or yes. other assets you may not need short-term disability. Now, if your employer offers it and it's just included, great, take right. it, but maybe not or as necessary. Or if you as don't long-term. have a short-term fund because maybe you're focused on you know, paying down debt or something like that yeah. right now, and you might want to have short-term disability on just in case you don't blow up your life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree. So mm-hmm. um, two good things to look at. And the long-term disability through work is sometimes nice because it just will, as your income grows- it will grow with it yeah. because it might be some percentage of your income. Sometimes that's a better policy to have through work than it is outside of work, just mm-hmm. to what I've seen. But mm-hmm. um, absolutely something worth having. Absolutely. Um, those are the main insurances. Yeah. There's some vision and dental, which get it if you need it. And it's yeah. you know good coverage to work. If not, those are things that could be self-insured, unlike health insurance and life insurance and disability yeah. insurance. Absolutely. Um, uh, should we turn to investments? Yes, let's do investments. All right. So, and you, the, the way I've used, obviously open enrollments when you get to choose about everything. Some of these options, like 401ks, you can probably make changes throughout the year, but it's yeah. a great time to reassess. Yes. Where are you? What's working? What are you saving? Fully agree. So 401k, you don't have to wait until open enrollment, like you're saying, but are there... Let's assume that I'm taking this once a year opportunity to just do a full financial recap. Yeah. Uh, what should I be looking at with my 401k? 
I'd probably want to know how I'm allocated, what asset allocation. We've done lots of episodes on asset allocation. Lots and lots and lots. Um, whether so it's you're simply man? choosing that target date fund to set it and forget it, or you're making your own, what is it? Um, do you get a match? And if you do, are you utilizing that match? Yep. And matches can change. So if, if the match has changed, now it's not often, but make sure that you're fully taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. If it's there, that is truly free money. Absolutely. So, um, d- if you got a raise this year and you weren't living into it, can you can you just dial up your your savings a little bit on your four hundred one k? Yeah, one or two percent. Just dial it up. You won't you won't even really notice. Yeah, yeah. You get a three percent raise and you simultaneously increase your four hundred one k by one percent. Still feels like you got a two percent raise, but now you have a permanent increase in how much is being saved to retirement each check. Absolutely. Um, and then where's the money going? Are you doing pre tax? Are you going Roth? Are you doing pre-tax? Um, are you doing those after-tax contributions and doing mega backdoor rots? That may not be allowed next year, depending on what happens in Congress. Yes. We'll keep you updated on that. I'm going to need to write, I'm going to need you to go to Capitol Hill and lobby for us all. Can we do that? I could try. Yeah. 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 I, I'm sure there's some lobbyists hard at work already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep that in mind. Some of these things we're talking about are literally being discussed in Congress as we speak about mm-hmm. Roth we'll IRAs, give, 401ks. We'll just give it limits. to you as we know it exists today. And when it changes, we'll, we'll let you know it changed. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's 401k. Cool. So that's 401k. Yep. That's one investment. A lot of people's biggest investment. What other types Absolutely. of investments are part of open enrollment that we should be looking at? So another would be um, employee stock purchase plan. Yep. Do you want to participate? How much can you participate? Yeah. Um, you're normally allowed to save max $25,000 a year. Different employers will allow a different max percentage of your salary. Yep. So you may or may not be able to reach that. And do you want to participate in this? What discount rate do you get? How often do you receive shares? When's the trading window? Just know all of those things and whether or not you want to do it. Yeah. And this one's important because like we said with the 401k, you can truly adjust that at any time throughout the year with the employee with ESPP. That's not usually the case. You've got a couple windows each year where you can elect how much you want to have withheld from your paycheck to, to go to that plan. And so this would be a good time to review what the benefits are that your employer offers and how much you want to put into that plan. If it's even offered, not every company of course offers it, but to those that do, it can be a very nice benefit. Absolutely. Um, it, it usually isn't tied into stock, pardon me, to open enrollment. But while we're talking about all of your benefits, stock compensation is something else you could be looking at. This is a good time to look at things like your restricted stock units. What are you going to have vesting in the next year? Because you can start to think about the amount of income you're going to have, right? And you just go look forward to the next year. If you're not going to get a refresh until next year, if you are this year, you'll know what it is and you can start building it in. How much new income are you going to have next year? Because that's ordinary income when it vests. And then another thing you can look at is how are you currently set to vest? Are you set to sell um, shares to cover? Are you set to sell all shares when the vest occurs? Mm -hmm. Depending on how you want to treat that income and what you want to be doing with it, you might be able to simplify your life um, to make it just simply work for you rather than making it so you have to remember to go do extra things throughout the year. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And also when you're receiving those RSUs, I think we've talked about this before, but they're typically, if if you are just selling shares to cover, then they're usually not withholding the exact right percent for federal taxes for you. Very it's often. It's going to be 22% or so. And yeah. if you're in the highest tax bracket, that's not even close to how much you should be withholding. 
Yep. So, so the standard rule is uh, for the bonuses and stock compensation, the way it normally falls is 22% withheld up to a million dollars. And if you hit the million dollar mark, then 37% held. So for most of us, if you have stock compensation, you're going to be in between the 22% and the 37. So you're going to have that difference. Like you're saying that you want to make sure you know you have covered. Yeah. So this is a good time again, when you're reviewing your whole financial picture to see, should you be withholding extra as part of just your normal withholding elections from yeah. your paycheck? Should you be setting funds aside to save for that? Should you be tweaking up or adjusting up how much is going to your 401k to offset some of that? Um, a whole bunch of different things to look at. Absolutely. Um, and then incentive stock options and non-qualified stock options. If you have them, you know, what is your plan with them? What are you doing with them? If it's of real value, make sure that you're doing something with it to build your wealth. Yes. Yes, definitely. Cool. So 401k, RSUs, ISOs, non-qualified stock options, all great ways. Yep. To build wealth. Oh, the one Something thing that, that, that might still be there too would be um, deferred compensation. Yes. If you. you have a deferred compensation plan, it's a good time to assess like, what do I want to be doing with this next year? Am I saving something to it now? Do I want to change what I'm saving now? Know your deadlines and make sure you get yeah. that set up. Yes, absolutely. So those are the big the insurances and the investment benefits are usually the big benefits that people are yes. looking at. Now, that's not all the benefits, though. There's a lot of other ones that people may or may not have, but worth discussing just to see if it is available. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one that's common is, is dependent care um, flexible spending account mm -hmm. is one that we hope people have. Um, and if they do, it's it's really nice. Yeah. You have daycare costs, if you have childcare costs, if you can pay for those tax-free as opposed to getting a paycheck, having it taxed, and then using those dollars to pay for that, mm -hmm. that's going to save potentially a lot of money. Now, for that, we need both spouses to be working mm -hmm. in order to qualify for that, right? Mm -hmm. If one of you is a stay-at-home parent, um, you wouldn't qualify for dependent care FSA. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if it, if it exists, it's a great way to get that pre-tax money to help pay for for childcare costs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, legal benefits are another good one. So yeah. a lot of people that do not have their, uh, just a basic estate plan set up, mm -hmm. a trust, a will, advanced directives, all that. And it's not incredibly complicated to do. It just takes time and focus to actually go do it. Yeah. And it can sometimes be expensive. Yes. Expensive above and beyond your needs to do it because it's expensive to do it wrong. But if you just need a basic provision. You may have a legal benefit through work where you pay a little bit of money and have access to an attorney who can create that for you as opposed to going and paying a couple thousand, few mm -hmm. thousand bucks to get it done. Yep. And and it's worth looking into that a little deeper because I've seen some benefits are, legal benefits are great when you go turn them on. They're like, yep, turn this on. It's going to be, you know, 300 bucks for the year. And now you can go get a full estate plan when that estate plan could cost easily like 2,500 to $3,000 for the same quality plan. Yeah. So that's amazing. Or sometimes it's like, oh yeah, we'll give you a little tiny discount, yeah. relatively speaking. And then it's not nearly as beneficial. So you do have to dive into those benefits a little bit to know yes, which ones. Definitely. Ask around, ask HR, ask people who've used it before at your company. Yes. Yes. Uh, wellness benefits are mm -hmm. getting bigger and bigger, which is great. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. You think. Yeah. Great. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you're now actually starting to see financial wellness benefits too. Yep. Um, which is basically putting, whether it's coaches or, or people they can get in touch with or some de minimis amount that they'll help pay for planning. 
um, within companies is, is pretty cool as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you've, you've been wanting to work with a financial planner, but you said, okay, I'm just putting it off and your company offers that, they'll sometimes say you have a limit of 3000 bucks or 4000 bucks that you can use for financial consulting or financial planning. Mm-hmm. And you can take that and get some financial planning done and a uh, company covers it. Just yeah. great. One that I'm seeing more and more, which is some some of the bigger companies are having amazing benefits with this is around fertility treatments um, with with more and more people. Maybe it, if there is a challenge with getting pregnant, um, it's absolutely amazing to have really good fertility treatment benefits in a plan. Um, so it's just good to know it exists if you need it. Yeah, fully agree. Um, lots of other little benefits, but any, anything else we want to mention? I think those are the big ones. Yeah. I think the biggest key is like, take the time to look at like, what do you actually need um, in the coming year? And is there anything you can do to help kind of take some of these funds that exist that the, like, it's sometimes easy to think that your compensation is your salary and your bonus. And maybe if you have stock compensation, your stock comp, mm-hmm. and then you kind of just, you just think that's how I get paid. Yeah. But all of these employee benefits are a form of payment. Yes. So put them to use. Fully agree. Um, when you look at it's it's like you get the big open enrollment packet and it's not fun to read through but think of it as if i spend 30 minutes going through this or 45 minutes going through this the amount of hundreds or thousands of dollars that could be saved potentially doing that or gained doing that the hourly rate on you spending that time is really really high yeah so it can be an impactful time obviously we can't go through every single company's open enrollment packet here but these are some of the most important ones that we see at least that you should be looking for uh, because open enrollment is just about here absolutely yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Scott. Thank you. Um, we love your questions. So if you guys want uh, us to answer a question, please send it in. Yes. Fully agree. And we will see you on the next episode with probably a question to answer. Yeah. So we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.